0: Bit of a different one today. I got two separate emails in my inbox this week asking if I suggested people apply to business school if they want to become entrepreneurs. My first instinct was to just respond with the Michael Scott gif where he shouts no a bunch of times when Toby comes back to the office. But my second was to think about why so many people think business school is a good stepping stone to becoming an entrepreneur. I get more than a few emails each month asking about business school. It's usually from people that either have a bunch of ideas or don't have any ideas but wish that they did. Basically, it's people that don't have enough conviction in either the idea they want to pursue or their ability to execute on it. So they take the half measure, the quote-unquote less risky path, which involves paying 150 k and spending two years taking classes that likely won't be all that relevant to them starting a startup with a bunch of people who are probably going to go into consulting and banking anyway. I always think people going to business school to start startups is like someone who wants to learn golf deciding to spend their time watching the movie Tin Cup. Tin Cup is definitely golf adjacent and it's enjoyable as hell, but it's not helping you with your short game. None of this is business school's fault. This isn't meant to be disparaging to business schools at all. Business school just was never built to help entrepreneurs. The bones of business school are set up for people moving up in their career. The classic two years, pay gobs of money, get an internship in the middle of those two years, go to a ton of networking and recruiting events, and then get a job that pays you enough to make the massive monetary and opportunity costs worth it. And of course, the stamp of approval you get from business school accepting you, there's nothing humans like more than saying, most people don't get picked for this, but I did, is really helpful for convincing the people that value that to give you things. But, Absolutely no one was thinking about helping people learn how to start businesses when business school was being created, and that's fine. It's just important to know what it's for and what it isn't. I do think some schools have done better jobs than others at cramming a square peg into a round hole, but if you were starting from scratch and creating a two-year program that would absolutely best prepare people to start a business and ideally help them start ones so that at the end of the two years they had a business and were well on their way, you would never ever build out a traditional business school curriculum. So with all of that, let's have a little fun today. Let's design a two-year program that would be perfect for entrepreneurs, something you'd swap out instead of going to business school. Maybe you can do it or some version of it. If you think you might, definitely reach out. Now let's get to it after some smooth jazz and a few frantic apology emails I need to send to all my friends that teach entrepreneurship at business schools. I'm Brian Scardato, and this is the Idea to Startup podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. We accelerate ideas into real companies through our product, the Tacklebox method, and we play smooth jazz and run through startup tactics every Wednesday on the Idea to Startup podcast. You're here because you're thinking about an idea, you're ready to launch something, or maybe you already launched it and you're flying ahead full steam. We're here to give you the tactical strategy that will give your business the best chance of success. For podcast resources and notes, go to gettacklebox.com forward slash no whisper ideas. And with that, let's get to it. To start, we can't build a program that's just for anyone trying to start an idea. There are way too many flavors of that popsicle and whatever general solution we pick obviously won't be right for everyone. You've probably listened to the pod before. You know, we need to know our customer. So let's begin with a specific customer in mind and describe the specific outcome that that customer is after. The way to start thinking about anything is to think problem, customer, and the hardest questions of all. What's it for? What would your customer be hiring you to do? And how could you give your customer superpowers? We're going to design the entrepreneurship graduate program now, but as you might've guessed, this podcast, isn't just about this program. It's about purposefully designing your life for the outcomes you want. If you don't prioritize what you want, someone else will, so you should. I spoke with an entrepreneur friend today, who's been extremely successful. He sold a company and he's in the middle of building a second one. And the trajectory for this second business looks even more up and to the right than the first one did. I asked about how he landed on starting his first business when he was fresh out of college, he replied that he spoke with all the people who had the corner offices in the music studio he worked at, the office he eventually wanted to have and realized that none of them got there by working their way through the company. There were thousands of employees, everyone from entry level to middle management, who were hoping to end up in that corner office someday. But if you looked at the people actually sitting in those offices, no one got there by that regular path. They'd all started their own businesses or labels or streaming services, and then been acquired by the company who worked out and then placed in the corner office. So. He realized the way he was designing his life had a fatal flaw in it. The path he was on didn't take him to the destination he wanted to get to. So yeah, we're going to make a graduate school for entrepreneurs today, but designing a path to an outcome you want should be active, it should be top of mind, and your path should be unique. There's an enormous amount of Delta here. The vast majority of people push their wagon along the grooves in the road because those grooves have already been made and it's easy. But those grooves take them to the same place, which is almost never somewhere you actually want to go. We tend to underestimate our ability to create new paths that'll drastically increase our chances at better outcomes. Don't. Okay, back to our program. There's a very specific type of person who asks me all the time about business school, or really just about how to learn more about starting a business. They might have an idea, they might not. But they usually have a space or an insight or a thesis that they want to drive their business, something they're obsessed with, something they're overly passionate about. Let's use someone I spoke with a few months ago as an example. He's extremely interested in seafood sustainability. He talked about the fishing methods to catch these fish and about how absurdly harmful they are to the ecosystem. The majority of commercial fishing is just massive nets that pull in the fish they're out to catch, but also bycatch which can consist of non-commercial fish, sea turtles, sharks, seabirds, dolphins, and seals. The bycatch is, quote, discarded, aka killed, and that's that. He's relentlessly positive despite this, and he talks about manageable fixes, about how eating certain types of fish or even the time of year that we eat certain fish can make a massive difference. His current job is in supply chain logistics for a very large seafood distributor, which is where a lot of his knowledge came from, But he's truly in operations there. He's in forecasting supply, matching it with demand and getting it where it needs to go. He's convinced that the younger generations will make purchasing decisions based on sustainability. And that if he does something to make it obvious what they should buy, or if he sells seafood to them, that's always sustainably caught or something else that there's a market here, there's a product that can help. He's just not sure exactly what it is. And he's not sure he's qualified to do anything. He's not a conservationalist. He's never been a commercial fisherman. He wants more pedigree before jumping into something. And he wants a network too. He wants to stack the deck in his favor. He just doesn't know how to do it. So let's build a program for him that'll likely be applicable for just about anyone looking to start something in an industry they haven't worked in for a decade. When I think about problems, I think about them in terms of scarcity and constraints. What's scarce for this customer and what's keeping them from getting the thing that's scarce? For great entrepreneurs, what's scarce isn't what most people think it is. It's not a team or funding or advisors. It's not even knowing how to build a company. It's unique perspective. Most people look at problems and see the same thing. The cornerstone of any business is an entrepreneur looking at a problem and seeing something different. That's the only thing that's not a commodity. What's the constraint for most entrepreneurs getting to that differentiated, unique perspective? It always comes from unique experience, which is hard to get. Most of us go to school, then go to college, then go to an entry-level job, then move our way up. We have similar hobbies, live in similar cities, read the same things, and go to the same places. There might be some variation, but most people are cut from the same cloth. Our variation is more like the difference between Fruit Loops and Lucky Charms, Than the difference between fruit loops and wild boar, a lot of it is very superficial. So it's tough to look at a problem and see something different than anyone else, because all of our inputs are the same as theirs. And that is where I'd start designing this program. To make yourself a great entrepreneur, you need to first give yourself a unique perspective. One way you could do that in two years is to think about that time in four month intervals. Our seafood friend would want to go deep fast, searching for problems and building a perspective. Maybe he dedicates four months to a seafood restaurant, four months to a seafood distributor, four months to a seafood sustainability nonprofit, four months to a commercial fisherman outfit, four months to a B Corp that sells seafood, and four months to a company making lab grown seafood. To give even more perspective, maybe some of these are US based and some of them aren't. The goal would be rapid understanding of the core problems. Ideally, he'd be able to get an internship at each of these places. Some would probably be paid, others might not be, but bouncing around and viewing the industry from six different angles in two years would create uncommon breadth of understanding that combined with his logistics and operations background would start to create a real unique Venn diagram. The secret to giving yourself the best possible chance with a startup idea is pursuing something barely anyone else could ever think of. Everyone can think of dating and travel apps. Fewer people can think of supply chain solutions for fisheries. Very few can think of those solutions with the understanding of how B Corps operate in mind. Adding varied domain expertise increases your chances of a unique insight, which will give you more time to work on the thing. If you believe something no one else does, you'll give yourself the buffer to make mistakes before a competitor comes nipping at your heels. I'd suggest he designed the program to solve other problems too. Another scarce item for entrepreneurs is network. One of the big draws of business school, our friend could create his own networking program, starting with something as simple as a CRM. Let's say he's in his four months working for a seafood nonprofit. He could hire someone off of Fiverr or Mechanical Turk to scrape the internet for the names and email addresses of people doing business development at the top 50 seafood nonprofits. He could then write an email describing the program he's built and see if they'd hop on a 15 minute call so he could ask a few targeted questions. He could hold a few days a week for these calls, create a Calendly so people could schedule on their own, and fill his days with 15-minute chats with experts. Each chat would lead to more introductions and a deeper network. He could put all these people onto a newsletter and send them monthly updates. Additionally, he could plan to run one event per month in the field he was in. He could get a speaker, host a happy hour, or even rent out a room at a high-priced restaurant and invite 10 of the leading people in the industry to it he could create a real footprint. The last pillar of the program, the final thing that's scarce, would be execution. He'd have to be learning the skills of starting a startup during this time, which, for the most part, is just starting things. This is definitely not meant to be a plug, but joining the box method and using those frameworks that we have to test out ideas as they come, getting reps in for testing with Facebook and Google ads, converting people, delivering a proxy of a product, pricing, selling, all that, could definitely happen. Maybe by month two of each focus section, he'd commit to having an idea he was ready to test over the final two months. If he didn't want to use the tackle box method, and I have no idea why he wouldn't, he could always use something like Steve Blank's Four Steps to the Epiphany or the book Disciplined Entrepreneurship. This could all be broken into monthly rules and metrics. I'd likely start figuring out how to get the internships first, then move into slicing everything up and working backwards and creating weekly and monthly to-do lists. So for example, maybe you need to schedule the monthly event by week two of each month, maybe the beginning of each week is when you schedule 50 networking emails. And by day one of month two, you need to have a thesis for the problem you're going to test. Now that path might sound crazy and keep in mind, I'm kind of making it up on the spot here. But I've actually thought about this a lot, and for entrepreneurs, here's how it's 100x better than business school. First, you'll actually come away with what's scarce for entrepreneurs, which is a unique perspective. Second, you'll expose yourself to a ton of potentially solvable problems and have context for making a decision on which one is best for you to pursue. Third, you'll test out a bunch of ideas with relatively low pressure, as you know you'll have to test out the next one once you switch jobs. Four. You'll have a story that people will want to invest in. People want to put money, time, and effort into people with unique stories. And that'll be you. And fifth, it'll likely cost you $100,000 less than business school would. You'll probably get paid for some of it. Worst case, you'll be working for free. Let's say you run 12 high priced networking events at $1,000 each. I can guarantee you'd find ways to run them cheaper, but let's say it costs you 12 K. Maybe the Fiverr work and the other tests cost you 10K total. Your whole education, if none of the internships paid you, which they almost certainly would, would still be less than 25K. And if you really want to get nuts, maybe you pitch this plan to an investor and you tell them that if they cover the costs for your two years and maybe even give you a paycheck, that they'll own a chunk of your new company. I'll admit, it would be a lot harder to pull this off than just getting into business school and attending. But the people who get the corner office aren't the ones that follow the worn path. They aren't the ones who do things that are easy. The best way to get anywhere worth going is to create your own path. This was the Idea to Startup Podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. Have a great week.